when you first got to the varsity at Millwood, who was the first person to bust your butt? What was that welcome to varsity moment? Oh, God. Um, I would say um, it wasn't probably just one person. Um, I was a freshman uh, that was playing up on varsity, and one of my cousins was actually on the team. So if it was somebody that uh, personally um, had it out, I would say my cousin, Jill Reynolds, um, um, definitely made sure that I knew that I was, uh, even though I was athletic and I was kind of the coach's chosen one, you know, a freshman starting on varsity is always a big thing. Um, but if I can think about the scene from uh, Love and Basketball, uh, mm. where it's like the, the, the weight drop, uh, the bar drop on the <laughs> chest, it wasn't quite that, but it was definitely some hard fouls and some just want to make sure you know who runs the show. So I would say all the seniors, but particularly probably my cousin Jill. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy, initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy Alright, welcome back to another new episode of the Team Player Podcast, we are to episode 15, it's a special one We're recording this on June 7th, but this is going to be released actually the day after my high school reunion It's my 20 year reunion, and it's for Austin High School, so you'll be listening to this the day after I'm out there Hopefully, I didn't injure myself dancing. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I'll be all my late 90s, early 2000s uh, jams out there on the dance floor. But yeah. I am, I'm joined by a very special guest. She is the head girls basketball coach, again, at my alma mater, the Fort Bend Austin High School Bulldogs. She pulled off historic season, 26A district co-champs, all the way to the third round of the playoffs. She won Austin High School Coach of the Year, District 26A Coach of the Year for girls basketball, and she won the Vipe coach of the year for the entire houston area y'all it is my honor to welcome to the show quisha dickerson welcome coach thanks glad to be here thanks for having me all right if you're a part of the team player movement please make sure you have given us a five-star review Uh, we got 24 of them them on spotify 18 on apple Podcasts. y'all have done a great job rating so if you haven't done that yet and you're listening please it takes 10 seconds give us those five stars leave a review uh, if you if you leave a review, I'll read it on the show. We don't have any new ones this week, but leave one on there. We'll recognize you on the show. We've already got two great ones already. And then hit the follow button to subscribe and get all the latest episodes in your queue as soon as they come out. We would be honored if the Team Player Podcast made it into your rotation. Keep up with Team Player Podcast updates by following me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. All right, Coach, I'm excited for this one. Let's Let's learn more about you. Let's You're go. not a native Texan. We, we get a lot of I'm, Texans in here, but you actually grew up in OKC. I told you my brother went to school at Central yeah. Oklahoma in Edmond, so I'm, I'm actually pretty familiar, and I know your high school, so we'll get into Absolutely. your high school there, but you grew up in, o- in OKC. You said you were Oklahoma City. You're always a pretty decent ball player. You said, believe it or not, you were athletic. Trust me, I believe it. I've seen your resume. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> and you said you always played up in high school. So just just describe for us, you know, what, what was Oklahoma City like? What, what, was, your, what was your upbringing like? 
Man, um, I'm the uh, the fourth of five kids. Um, I'm my mom's and my mom and dad's only daughter. Okay. Um, so there you have it. I got four brothers. And um, when I say it was always no hose bars, it was always no yeah. hose bars. I didn't yeah. get special treatment. Um, it was always a situation to where, you know, I had to fight for whatever was whatever I wanted mm -hmm. to be mine. I had to fight for it. I mean, my brothers took up for me, but it definitely around the house. I was I was one of them. So I grew up a big tomboy. Um, they were all in sports. Brothers played football and basketball. So I got into uh, basketball. I actually started basketball pretty late. Organized basketball. Okay. Didn't start playing organized basketball to seventh grade really? uh, when okay. I got to Millwood. Yeah. Um, would pick up the ball at the YMCA sometimes. Uh, just because that was kind of our outlet. That was, you know, we lived in apartments. So, um, you know, just that was what the community did. You just spent your afternoons at the Y and, um, you know, I played with boys. And um, I mean, I guess that's kind of where I got my toughness from being around boys all the time and then having to go to the YMCA. It was either go do cheerleading, do some volleyball. And I wasn't wearing the shorts, the, the spandex. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, give me the basketball shorts and, and give me the ball. <laughs> let me get on the court. So. Uh, but grew up, um, you know, pretty. My mom was, uh, my my dad was around, but my mom was raised us as a single mom. Mm -hmm. uh, so hard work, you know, is something that I've always, you know, um, uh, uh, watched, I guess you could say. And something that I knew that if, if there was something that I want, I was going to have to put in the work to get it. So, um, you know, I guess that's a little bit about, you know, Oklahoma is Oklahoma. I mean, what yeah. people think. It's not as bad as people think. People think we just ride horses sure, instead yeah. of cars. We have cars. We have paved roads. Yeah. Um, but my grandparents did live in Spencer, Oklahoma, uh, which is, we call it the country. And that is where you go out and you ride your horses and all that stuff. So I did grow up a, a kind of a, a country girl farm and, um, you know, planting crops and uh, I say crops, but vegetables and food and stuff like that at my grandma's house. Uh, but I'm a city girl. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma City, lived a little city life, but it's slow. Houston was very, sure, very, sure. very fast when I got here. So Oklahoma City is slow. Coach, you know, I, I don't know if, if you're a big podcast person, but the fans of the show know that my inspiration for this podcast is the Knuckleheads podcast. That's okay. Uh, it's Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles, two at yeah. NBA, you know, and so I just yeah. love they're bringing on all these guests like from my generation in the 90s or our generation yeah. in the 90s. Now they, they bring on current players, they bring on WNBA players. I just yeah. love it. I love it. And I was like, we can do this for the high school level and recognize awesome coaches like yourself. So that, that's the background. But I always tell the story. Tina Thompson came on their show oh, wow. and she talked about how she always played with the boys exclusively mm -hmm. she did not play with girls until she yep. got into like high school and college. Yeah. And so you described the same thing. Two of our team player podcast alums, uh, Nimitz head coach, Kendra Venzant, uh, yeah. Arthur head coach, Christine Danzer. They both said the same thing. They both were yep. all three of y'all said the same thing. Yeah. So can you just describe that a little bit more? Like, well, did, did you ever face any, any opposition from them or, or were you welcome with open arms or what? Just a little bit more about that experience playing with the boys. A combination of both. Remember, I have four brothers. That's right. Yep. So, <laughs> so, you had no so choice. We, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and but but, um, you know, when I would go to the Y, my brothers that played basketball, they didn't have a problem picking me up on their team. Yes. Mainly because if they didn't, when I got home, you know, I was going to rat them out. I was going to tell we went to the Y and. Derek, Derek had a team and he didn't pick me up. And so he might be in trouble and not have not get to go to the YMCA the next That's day. Right. So, um, so kind of by default, I got picked up on some teams I probably shouldn't have. But when I played with the boys, man, they never did um, take it light on me. I mean, they expected that if I was going to be on the floor with them, that 
you know, and I was a skinny girl when um that if I was going to be on the floor with them that, you know, if they came in with a hard foul, they weren't just going to let me score. They weren't going to let me just drive to the basket or take mm-hmm. and make easy layups. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily say met with opposition, but definitely um, it was definitely a, hey, you want to play with the big boys? We're going to treat you like a big boy. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, again, growing up in a house with four boys, I, I kind of understood what it was going to be if I did get on the floor. So I expected it and I welcomed it. That's awesome. Now, one thing that I, that you mentioned that I really liked, and you know, this show is for coaches, parents, players, not just high school, not like, not just your level, high school, college. I mean, even I want youth coaches to listen to this. I love how you pointed out, you said you had some great developmental coaches. Sometimes when I watch youth athletics, some coaches just get too focused on recruiting the best players and winning and it's not really about that, right? It's about teaching fundamentals. And you talked about that. So can you describe what your coaches were like and how important they were to you? Listen, when I got to um, um, uh, Millwood, um, my seventh grade year, um, I was, you know, again, I had never played organized basketball. So I was the tall girl, the new girl on the campus. Mm-hmm. Millwood, I don't, if you said you know a little bit about Millwood, it's That's pre-K right. through 12th grade. So a lot of those kids that go to Millwood, their parents have gone to Millwood. Yes. So it's, it's a big, you know, it's a big thing to be able to get in, uh, into that school. And so when I got there, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I was new. I moved in with my grandparents and um, I'm standing at my locker and the basketball, Don Willis, um, uh, Coach Willis walked by and said, Coach, and he said, hey, young lady, you play basketball? And I said, you know, looked at him in his eye and, you know, like, okay, here's my chance. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, okay. And he said, well, I need to see you. Gave me the time, said, I need you to be here. Walked off. I was like, okay, well, that wasn't a real personable uh, conversation, <laughs> but, you know, he told me where to be and, um, he came up to me and asked me. So I, I wrote that and I got home. Yeah. Guess what happened to me today? Basketball coach came and asked me, you know, about, um, about playing basketball. And so when I got there, you know, I thought it was going to be like, like the YMCA, right? You get the ball. Every time you get the ball, I mean, if you don't want to pass it, you don't have to pass it. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, coach Willis, man, he, he took me under his wing. And, um, you know, when I got there, I was, I was that, that rough, um, girl that had been playing with boys basketball player and he saw that but he said man you have some untapped potential I'll never forget him telling me that untapped potential um and if you listen you know you're gonna be able to do some really good things and I thought okay well you know I I mean I can hoop I know I can Mm -hmm. hoop so you know what what can you teach me right and man when I tell you um I spent so many hours with him and uh, Arnelia Spears, uh, she was my my high school coach, the legendary Arnelia mm-hmm. Spears. The the gym in Millwood is named after her now. Yeah. Uh, but she starts kids um, uh, in elementary, and she feeds into our elementary. She's the head basketball coach at high school, but she always had a middle school and elementary basketball program. Yeah. And I would see her working with those little kids, telling them basic basketball stuff. And it was the same stuff that Coach Willis was telling me. And when I got to eighth grade, I actually played up with the ninth grade team. We had a ninth grade team and we were kind of on the same campus. Um, so it was nothing to kind of walk up to the high school for practice or whatever to get to play on the ninth grade team. And they allowed that in Oklahoma. We didn't have the UIL. So it wasn't this many, it wasn't this right. many rules out there. But um, but she she saw me and her and Coach Willis, man, when I say um, they they appreciated the fact that I knew how to score the basketball and that I understood kind of what defense was. But man, I was wet behind the ears and, and they said, if you want to be good, 
you know, you got to know how to do the basic fundamental stuff. And I've taken that, um, you know, to heart. And I think that, you know, as a, as a basketball player, that was part of the reason that I was able to excel was because I always tried to do the little things. I tried to make sure I was doing um, the little thing. They call it ATD now, attention to details. That was important to me. My coaches made sure that the details were important to me. And so, yeah, you can go score the basketball, but can you set a good screen, right? Yeah. Do you know when to make the right pass to your teammate? Because you got a good shot, but are you going to give up the good shot for the great shot? Or are you going to take the good shot because it's a good shot, right? And right. so- um, you know, that's, you know, one of the things I know we'll talk about Austin later, but that's one of the things just in my career as a coach, man, I always reach back to coach Willis and Miss Spears because had it not been for them, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. The first person I called when I was coach of the year was Arnelia Spears, that's um, awesome. to let her know exactly. I mean, I, I call her probably on a weekly basis. She's retired and, um, you know, I make her, make her catch my voice every time I, uh, I call her. And, um, you know, anytime I, I do something, I always say, man, this is for you, because if it wasn't for you teaching me the fundamental game of basketball, the basic game of basketball, there's no way I could do, go back now and teach kids the basic part of basketball. And that's a lot. That's lots of lost art right now. Like, yes, I mean, kids want to, you know, go between the legs, behind the back, through the through the, through the you know, the ears and around yeah. the head before they take a shot. And I'm like, what about a jump stop? Right. I what about it. a pivot, right? Yes. And so what about a pass fake? So, um, but all those things I feel like are important. And the reason that I'm the coach that I am and the player that I was is because I had really, really, really good fundamental basketball coaches. Oh, as an alum, I'm just so happy in the direction of Austin High School athletics yeah. and the best like coach OR loving the weight yep. room. I love that mm -hmm. about him. Your your attention to fundamentals. I just I love, I just I love the direction that it's going. So kudos Thank to Austin. Austin Thank High you. School. This is great. We're excited. Uh, We're excited. Yes. You know, you mentioned you, you so you, you played at boys. You also played up as an eighth mm -hmm. grader playing at the freshman. And you talked about the upperclassmen. They they didn't at first necessarily just welcome you in. You had right. to earn that respect. So can you kind of describe what that transition was like playing up older players? Here's the thing. If you know anything about Millwood High School, you know Millwood High, High School has a tradition right? Tradition is really, really, really big at Millwood. And, and even though um, Coach Spears didn't win her state championships until uh, later in her career, she won, I believe, a couple early, but she didn't win um, the, the bulk of the ones that she won to later in her career. Man, those girls that she had before I got to high school, the, the, the history of the program before I got there was we win. We win. We are hard-nosed basketball players, blue-collar basketball players, and we go out and we compete. Um, and we win. And so, I mean, I just, you know, I, I when I got there again, I, I didn't go to Millwood until the seventh grade. And so I understood the tradition being from Oklahoma City, the east side of Oklahoma City. You know, you always wanted to go um, to Millwood. Millwood is a predominantly black um, mm -hmm. high school. Uh, well, the whole you know school district is actually. And so went back when there was a a middle class, um, it was the, the middle class African-Americans, right? And my grandparents lived in a neighborhood and I tried to get in Millwood. They would come to your house, make sure you live there. They wanted to make sure that they get, they got quality kids that were, you know, in the school. And so um, uh, when I got there, got to the high school, you know, those people that were on the team, they already understood the tradition of Millwood. I was new, right? And so when I got there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they, they, yeah, they didn't, it wasn't just an, a roll out the red carpet. Sure. Like, Hey, she can play. They knew I could contribute. 
but they weren't going to just give it to me because right. they had to work for it. And and the the tradition at Millwood was if you want it, you got to work for it. And so um, it wasn't just, hey, you know, we got a player that can, you know, do this and do that. It was, oh, you can do this. Oh, you can do that. Show me. Show me. Mm -hmm. Don't show me once, but show you got to show me every day. Once they realized, um, and I didn't go in cocky. I just, I went in pretty confident, but I didn't go in cocky. Um, like I said, my cousin was on the team. And so I knew how far to go, I guess, uh, with yeah. some of them. But um, I mean, they once, once they realized that I was for the team and that I understood and was learning and was willing to learn what the tradition was and wanted to be a part of the tradition, then it was like, hey, let's go. We didn't win that state, um, state championship, but we got close. We made it to state um, every year that I was there and uh, just fell short every time. But um, um, it definitely wasn't just the roll out the red carpet for this little puny freshman um, <laughs> that we know can hoop, but we're going to make her. We know we want her on the team. But we're going to make her earn this spot on the team. Love it. And I, I still think I still smile thinking, listening to your co phone conversation with Coach Spears. And yeah. it's just coming full circle. And I guarantee you, uh, one day, one of your players is going to give you that same phone call. I hope so. It's going to continue on and on. I and, hope so. You know, and so you, you're just like other team player alums, again, like Coach Venzant and Coach Danzer. Mm -hmm. All y'all started as freshmen. All you guys have serious ballers here that become great head coaches in the mm -hmm. city. And so, you, you know, you kind of you talked about it. You had to kind of earn your keep. But and anything else, now, now that you're a coach, does your experience starting as a freshman, does that, does that change how you handle freshmen that start for you? Or have you had freshmen starting for you? And kind of what's, what's your So here's the thing. There? Here's the thing. I, I think if you ask, um, uh, Scott Joyner was the, he used to be the sports writer for the Fort Bend Herald mm -hmm. when I was at um, Lamar Consolidated. And uh, Gary Martin started uh, there and then he handed it over to Scott. And so um, we had a, I built a, I built, my staff, we built a program um, um, also and made some history at Lamar Consolidated as well, uh, making it to the one game further than we made it this year, made it to the regional tournament, had never yeah. been done in LCISD. But um, Scott Joyner and um, Gary Martin, anytime they would come and do interviews because they covered us all the time and we were, we were winning. And so um, uh, they always said, they would always say, I never even really knew what an MO was. But they were like, Coach Dickerson's MO is running gun. Oh, yeah. Coach Dickerson's MO is, you know, building programs. Coach Dickerson's MO, she's not afraid to start freshmen. And I thought, wow, I never really thought about that. I never really thought about what grade a kid was in. I just always measure talent. Yeah. If I think that um, physically, you know, you can um, uh, handle a certain level, then that's one thing. But if mentally you can handle the certain level, then that's a whole nother thing. I have a kid this year that's a freshman that did not play on my basketball team, my successful basketball team this year, because mentally um, she wasn't ready. Sure. Um, and, and she needed to work on some things and she needs, and I'm still to this day working on her being in my program next year because the two kids, the, 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 the successful kids that I had in my program this year, my two leading scores, one was a senior, the other was a freshman. When I made history at Lamar Consolidated and made it to the third round or the fourth round of the playoffs, I started a freshman, mm -hmm. uh, Quatera Lindbergh, who ended up playing at um, U of H. Wow. Um, and so I, I just haven't really ever thought about it, but I do look at whether a kid can mentally handle, um, I'm a tough coach, man. I'm, I'm, if you see me on the sidelines, if you, they asked me in an interview at one of my jobs, if I came in the gym, 
and I saw you on the sideline, what would I see? And I thought, do I lie? <laughs> do I lie? I need this job. I need this job, right? I don't want right, to tell them I'm, right. I'm a little Bobby Knight. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to tell them I break clipboards and I throw chairs, but uh, I, I, need them, I need them to know that I'm going to challenge these kids and I'm going to, mm -hmm. um, you know, set an expectation. I'm going to set a standard and a standard is going to be the standard. Um, and we're not going to deviate. And so, um, um, I, I think, um, I don't think intentionally I look at freshmen and I say, because I was a freshman and I could do it, you should be able to do it too. Sure, but sure. I do think subconsciously, I feel that way. Sure, now that you sure. said that, I do think subconsciously because I bring it up. I remind them or I tell them, you can't tell me, especially the upperclassmen, you can't tell me what this freshman, I was a freshman. Started on varsity on a successful high school basketball team um, and averaged, a, you know, almost double double almost all four years of high school. Um, so, you know, I had a kid that was a freshman this year, um, Andrea Sturdivant, um, um, literally came off of what last year, I think middle school basketball programs played five games because of COVID. The year before she was the regular season is probably 10 games. It's, we yeah. played 35 games this year, yeah. 35 games this year. and. Uh, that kid answered the call every time. She answered the call every single night. Um, so when I when I think about it, I don't think I intentionally um, hold them to a higher standard uh, when they do make the varsity team. But I, if you can't play on the varsity as a freshman, I'm not going to waste your time and you're not going to waste mine. So I only will move those freshmen that I know are going to be able to contribute because those are still developmental years. It's a faster pace. And if you can handle the faster pace, then I want to put you in the fire. But, um, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't have a problem. If, if you can hoop, you can play and you can listen and you can be coached, you know, you're coachable. I, you can be 12, you can be 10. If you can play, you get it done. I want you on the floor. I want you on my team. I'm a winner and I want winners. Uh, I can I can just see Coach Spears just exuding through you. She taught you that winning kind of mentality, that winning attitude. But one other thing that Coach Spears did where mm -hmm. she puts your butt on the cross-country team. And I really did. enjoyed it. Now, I noticed it was one year, though, so I guess one you didn't year. take to it. So describe to us that experience, what it was like the one year of cross-country. Um, well, she made us all run. I mean, I think it was, we were, again, at a, at a school where I think cross-country may have been a new program. And, you know, in order for us to have successful programs, we had to share our kids. Um, you'll, you'll learn that um, every school that I've been at, when I was at uh, Lamar Consolidated, guess what? those girls preseason, four weeks cross country, mm -hmm. four weeks, 6 a.m. workouts, and you got to run in two meets. If you, if you, if you can't make it to strength and conditioning camp in the summer, we're not touching a basketball until you've been at practice for cross country four consecutive weeks. And you've chosen to run in two cross country. I mean, you can come in DAL. I don't care if you are last, but, <laughs> but, but you will, you will be out there competing, right? You, yes. you just, you yes. learn something new about yourself. When, when you have to go run cross country, people that want that run cross country, they want to run. Mm -hmm. Basketball, I listen, I wish I had the picture. I'm going to find it and send it to you. I um, mean, you can tag it to this. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let yeah. you keep the tag. It. But I'm lined up on the cross, on the line at a cross country meet. And I got on Jordan's. <laughs> I'm gonna send you the picture. I can find it. I know it's, it's in our yearbook. And I'm at, I'm I'm I got on gym shorts, basketball shorts, and I got on Jordans. And I'm standing out on the on the line. I don't know who took the picture, throwing up a peace sign. But at the end of that cross country meet, I'm on the bus with a medal in my hand. Yes. I'm on the bus with a medal in my hand uh, because you know I, I'm I, I want to win. And I think 
it was kind of a mental toughness check when she would put us out there. And so, um, um, but one thing about Miss Spears is, you know, I'm not, I'm going to say this and I, I believe that she never said this, but she always took care of her prized possessions. So I didn't really get a chance to play other sports. I mean, even though she wanted to share kids, um, softball, I want to play. So you can be a manager, but you're not, you're not going to get, you're not about to get hurt. <laughs> uh, she wasn't, she shared, but she didn't share everybody. Right. Sure. So I didn't play a lot of sports in, um, in high school. I got to focus on basketball, um, because I knew I was, uh, well, she knew, or I guess we knew how important, um, myself and a couple of other players on my team was, um, one of my best friends, uh, Keisha Watson, uh, we were the Keisha Quisha combo. Yeah, um, she, yeah. didn't average, she didn't have his 21 night. Um, then I had 20. If she didn't have 30, if she had 30, I had 15. If if I had, you know, 30, she had 15. And so um, uh, we kind of rode that wave. But yeah, I did cross country one year. And um, yeah, we the writing was on the wall, Miss Spears. Like, you want me to be good for you? Help me out. You right. help me, I help you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, so I did it one year, but I, I definitely learned a lot about myself and uh, mental toughness and just how far I could go. And um, I was at um, an AAU tournament this weekend watching two of my kids play um, out at C. King, and they were talking about, they were talking to two of the other girls on their team that play for another school, and they and I heard one of them say, y'all's coach didn't make y'all run cross country? Oh, you don't want to play for Coach Dickerson, because Coach Dickerson, you don't have no choice. I said, four weeks. Mm -hmm. You got four weeks. You got four weeks, and we did that this year. Um, we were outside for four weeks um, in our preseason with the cross country team at 6 a.m. And you can't tell me that that wasn't a part of our success. Absolutely. You, you can't tell me just that mental toughness, the accountability of having to be up every day and be somewhere on time um, and to give max effort while, ev while everybody else is sleeping. Um, you can't tell me that that didn't contribute to our success. They didn't see it then but they bought in quickly once we started to, once they started to reap the benefits of those 6 a.m. workouts. I love it. Now, last thing I want to talk about with Millwood, I always like to ask this question, who was your big rival? Like, what was that big rivalry game? You know, Coach O.R. described the Elsa Casings rivalry, all that kind of stuff. So what was your big rivalry game? Man, are you familiar with Douglas? Douglas I've heard, I, 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 I know Millwood sister? better. I, I've heard of Douglas, but I know Yeah, Millwood's down the street from uh, from UCO. So we had two. The I would say, oh, gosh. Uh, so the biggest one, um, the biggest one, I would, I'm going to go, when I was in school, oh, gosh, that's hard. Millwood and Douglas is a is a good one. Millwood and Star Spencer was, was also a good one. I'm going to go Millwood Douglas. Millwood Douglas, because we were both on the east side of Oklahoma mm -hmm. City, um, probably... Ooh, maybe seven to 10 miles away from each wow. other. Um, okay. Right. Both of us right now, Martin Luther King, uh, yeah. one of us on one end, but both of us on the east side of Oklahoma City. And man, when I tell you, if you came boys and girls seeing high school in, at, uh, in Oklahoma, boys and girls play on the same night. So we play at six and the boys play at eight. Uh, actually, yeah. Sub Varsity played 330. Um, uh, the uh, Sub Varsity girls play at 330. Boys play at 430. And then varsity girls play at six and eight. So we always had standing room only, always had a packed house. Um, and and when when it was a, a Millwood Douglas game, um, it was standing room only. Millwood Douglas, Millwood Stars been standing room only. And man, when I tell you the atmosphere, I haven't felt that atmosphere as coach um, yet. Um, I mean, at Lamar, we got close when we would play Terry. I mean, that's that's all. It's a pretty uh, pretty big rivalry. Um, we have our rivalries in Fort Bend, but 
we got we got to get our program back to being successful before we can get people to show up like that. But man, that Millwood Douglas, you didn't want to miss that one. You didn't want to miss that one. And we knew we we knew that on those days, uh, Coach Spears would have us. Um, it was almost like the the bubble. <laughs> she would have us in a bubble um, lead that week leading up to uh, to Millwood and um, uh, Douglas or Millwood Star Spencer game just to make sure that we were focused uh, mentally and and getting it. prepared for. The, the crowd that was going to be there and don't don't she always don't you go out here trying to do too much because all these people going to be in the stands mm-hmm. right you play your game you best what she always you play your game don't you go out here trying to be the hero we don't need no heroes That's we right. need to win the game so, okay miss Spears. so we understood the assignment and boy you 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 didn't want to miss you didn't want to miss the millwood the millwood douglas game that's awesome so after a great Friday career Eastside. yeah <laughs> after a great career at millwood you went straight up, straight, straight north. <laughs> yeah, I was looking yep. it up there. Uh, let's see, uh, Tonkawa, Oklahoma, yeah, 83 Tonkawa. miles. Uh, yep, due north of Millwood, about halfway between Oklahoma City and Wichita. And so you started there at Northern Oklahoma College. So just what, describe your first stop there uh, at the JUCO level after after your successful high school career. Man, I'm a JUCO advocate. Like, the, let me yeah. let me plug the, let me plug the JCs right yeah. now, man. If uh, if uh, Pete, that the, the junior college is the most underappreciated level of basketball yes. because everybody thinks that they're supposed to be a Division One basketball player, and little do they know the statistics of how many high school sure. players get to the Division One level. There's not enough scholarships. It's scholarships out there, but it might not be D1. But, man, um, um, I, I thought that way. I, I thought, you know, I was a good basketball player coming out of Oklahoma City, and I was like, I don't good Oklahoma State or, you know, OU or whatever. I, man, they ain't recruiting me. Like, I, I was I was that kid. Sure. And then I was humbled. I was humbled because I learned that, yeah, I was pretty good. I was All-State. I played in every All-Star game that Oklahoma had. In fact, they would only allow you to play in three all-star games at that time. And I got selected to play in five. So I had to choose which three I was going to play in. But I was an all-stater, um, little all-city team. I mean, I, I won every accolade that there was um, to win as a high school basketball player. But when it came time to sign that scholarship, there was some Division ones um, that were out there that were interested. But I was an undersized post player. I was a 5'9", five, 5'10" post player mm-hmm. and and at that time um you had i mean even now you had six three six four six five people playing in the post and at five you had five ten guards so um i'll never forget uh jack easley jack easley is um uh, an assistant coach at oklahoma state right now he was an assistant coach at oklahoma state he had retired and he actually uh just got back on the staff uh these last two years but when he recruited me to oklahoma state um, he's, I didn't even know what a red shirt was. You want me to wear a red shirt? Mm-hmm. I thought y'all were orange. And, um, <laughs> and he's like, well, well, you know, he was honest with me, man. He was honest. I'm, I'm his friend on Facebook and we still laugh and talk, but, um, but he told me, he said, um, you have a lot of potential. You, you, you're a good basketball player. Um, but if we, if you came here this year, we would sit you out and basically develop you into yeah. a three, you know, a three guard and, I'd played a post all my life. And for me, the WNBA was kind of popular, getting popular around that time. But I just, I wanted to get out of the hood um, and I wanted mm-hmm. to go to college and get a scholarship mm-hmm. and not have my parents have to pay for school. 
um, so that I could reach back. And my, I was already thinking about that when I was, um, you know, that age. Awesome. And so when he sat me down and said um, that I, I could come to Oklahoma State on a scholarship, but that I wouldn't get to play my first year, um, I was devastated. I was like, what in the world am I going to do? And, and he said, what's important to you? And um, he may have, um, one of my high school teammates was already on the team at Northern, um, but they had kind of a pipeline from Northern to Oklahoma State um, with Coach Krause. And Coach Krause called me up and he started coming to my games. And uh, he assured me that I was going to get to play immediately. And I'm like, junior college, I only get to be here for two years and I got to do this whole recruiting thing again. But they sold it like you can go division one after these two years. So it's not all done. And when they said that, I said, I'm game. I'm game. And man, when I tell you those two years of of junior college was the best experience that I've ever had. I was a preseason All-American at Northern. Uh, Uh, Man, I I was an all-region player at Northern. Um, Man, every team award I won. uh, My first um, the, uh, what is that? 38. I scored 38 points. Um, that's the highest, uh, career yeah. points I've ever scored in the game. Uh, was 38. I scored that my sophomore year, um, at Northern in a, in a double overtime game against North Ark. Um, and, um, I, I wouldn't, I mean, man, it was a little Indian reservation and very cultured. Um, in Tonkawa, we had a Sonic and a simple Simon's pizza. There you go. Walmart was in Ponca city. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Walmart was in Ponca City. Stillwater was maybe mm, 20, 35 minutes down the road. Oklahoma City was about an hour and 15. Uh, so I learned a lot about myself. And man, those teachers, they were at my games. My, my classroom teachers were at my games. And man, it was the best experience, a college experience that I had. And so um, um, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I started both years that I was at Northern. Uh, we had some really good teams, made it to the regional tournament. Um, but man, that, that, that Juco experience, it was nothing like it. And then you, you continued on to Lamar, which I'm taking, talking here in Texas. Went on Lamar. Yeah. Went on to Lamar in, uh, in Beaumont, um, Deanne Kraft. I actually still keep in touch with, uh, coach Kraft. Coach Kraft just sent me a text message the other day, um, thanking me for being a part of her life and, um, uh, always pouring into me and telling me how awesome I am. And she keeps up with me on social media. And anytime she sees that I've done something, um, you know, and have been recognized for something, she always reaches out and tell me and tells me how blessed she is uh, to have me in her life. But man, I'm the blessed one to have had a coach uh, like her, Coach Kraft, actually, and I think it was the ABL or ABA. Uh, anyway, the Women's Pro League before the WNBA, Coach Kraft actually coached Don Staley. Uh, wow. Don Staley was yeah. a point guard for, I forget the name of the team, that's uh, in the Virginia, I believe. But Coach Kraft was a, um, um, a pro uh, coach before the WNBA, and then she ended up getting the job at Lamar University. And so I did. I made the trake uh, to Beaumont. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't used to the smell. Smell bad. <laughs> that refinery out there right. um, was 11 hours from home. And um, um, I had a good time there. But um, I had a um, um, when I was younger, I discovered that I had a heart murmur. And okay. I had, a, um, <laughs> excuse me, I had a um a heart valve issue. And so I have, or I've grown out of it, but I had a thing called mitral valve prolapse. And so I have an abnormal um, heart valve where I was getting backflow in my valves and mm-hmm. it kind of affected uh, the blood flow to my lungs for breathing. Sure. And so um, when I got to Lamar, um, that sidelined me, uh, that yeah. sidelined me. And um, um, I ended up finishing my school at Southwest Missouri State, but I finished my playing career 
um, at Lamar University and um, had a good year uh, while I was there. But at that time, my heart condition was, um, um, it was still a, a developmental thing. And the doctors were like, well, this is common in people over 60. We don't really see this in, in kids. And so um, um, I wore a heart monitor and, and they told me, yeah, you probably shouldn't, um, shouldn't be doing this. And so, um, so I let it go. Uh, but um, a great experience in Beaumont, um, finished up school and got my uh, bachelor's degree at Southwest Missouri State, which is Missouri State University now in Springfield, right. Missouri. Uh, loved it there. And then um, when I finished that, man, I jumped right into coaching. So jumped you, right in. I was going to say, I mean, it, I'm sure it was hard to get that news and to hang up, yeah. you know, the sneakers. But I mean, you already sound like you you have just such a civic responsibility. You're already thinking about that next step. So yeah. Would it be safe? Would it be safe to say that you've always known you wanted to be a coach, or is that something you discovered later? It was something that I discovered once I started playing in college. Okay. Uh, my my first few years of college, when I was at Northern, I actually went there and was majoring in um, um, athletic training, kind of the the pre classes for physical therapy. I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. Okay, I thought I wanted to work with athletes, um, but I knew how I was as a player sometimes. Um, and what my coach had to deal with, with players at times. And I was like, I don't want to work with kids. I don't want to work with my grandmother always said, you would be a great teacher. You'll be a great teacher. Um, I, you know, I love the way that you explain things, you know, to your cousins or to your brothers or, or to me. And, you know, you would make a good teacher. And I thought, okay. And so, um, I think probably my junior year, um, I switched my major, um, and I thought, okay, um, if, if, if basketball is not going to get me out, I mean, I finished my college playing on scholarship. So I got my school paid for, um, even with the injury, I got my school paid for. Um, but um, um, once I, I, I got ready to graduate in my last two years, when I knew that it was winding down um, and it was crunch time, I said, what, where, where do I best fit um, in this society? And I went in prayer and, um, you know, I truly, truly, truly believe that um, we all have a purpose on this earth. And I think my God-given purpose is to be of service to people, um, but particularly young people. And so I, 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 when, 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 when I believe that God spoke that to me, um, I said, all right, here we go. So what did I do? I called Coach Krause. I said, Coach, I'm graduating in December. I need a job. He said, okay, Quisha, let me call around. I'm thinking, call around, man. I was a for you call around who are you gonna call and so um i ended up going back i graduated december ended up going back to oklahoma went right to millwood That's i called right. me said, come on went right to millwood and i was teaching third grade i taught third grade but again remember the campus yep. is all connected so after school was out i'd head up to the high school and i was her assistant um uh for that one year and then that next year coach kraus called and said well quisha i got a job um are you interested and i said absolutely because now i'm thinking okay all right, well, I didn't get to finish playing in college. I can go coach it. So I got up there to, um, to Northern. Uh, I was an adjunct professor. I taught on Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay. um, remedial English. I taught English. I was 20, ooh, 20. Um, let's see, when I moved, I was 20. Oh my gosh, I was 24. Wow. About to turn yeah. 25 yeah. years old. Yeah, and I'm standing in class. I'll never forget my first day of class. This little soccer boy walked up and he was like, girl, you better sit down before the teacher gets here. I'm the teacher. Hi. <laughs> um, 
anyway, I got there to Northern, had a good year with Coach Krause. Uh, we were playing. Our team had made it to the regional tournament that year uh, in Shawnee, and I ran into Coach Kraft. Um, so every coach that I played for, I had an opportunity to go back and coach with them. So she, uh, we exchanged numbers that summer. I hadn't seen her since Lamar. And uh, she called me one summer and I had just gotten moved to full-time faculty at Northern. Um, and so I was going to be teaching a full load of, of college classes, mm -hmm. comp one English, uh, first, uh, first level freshman English. And uh, she called me up and said, I have a job. And I said, whoa, where is it? And she said, it's in the Valley. I said, the Valley, that sounds real low. And she <laughs> said, the Rio Grande Valley. I looked it up on the map. I said, coach, that's Mexico. And she said, well, not quite, but we're 20 minutes. <laughs> said, oh, my gosh. And so I said, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll be good if I'm down there with her. I'll learn the game from her um, and, you know, get the experience to, um, you know, work with her, somebody like her and some other great coaches that were on the staff. And so I took it. I went down there uh, the first year as a DOBO, director of basketball operations, and then uh, moved into um, an assistant coaching position for the next three and uh, absolutely enjoyed it, uh, best experience. And then she ended up leaving and going to New Hampshire. And I said, coach, I can do a lot of things, but going to New Hampshire ain't one of them. Mm. So I said, well, let me, let me see what I want to do. And um, um, I said, you know what? I, I think I wanna get into high school coaching because start thinking about uh, Coach Willis and Miss Spears and um, how the only reason that I was able to sit you know, and say that I, I coached junior college basketball at 20, what was it? I was 20, 20, 23, 24. Um, um, and the only reason that I was able to say that I was 25, 26, 27 um, coaching college basketball was because of Don Willis and Arnelia Spears. And I said, well, they did it at the high school level and I want to go back and do what they did. I want to be uh, for somebody what they were for me and, and Lamar Consolidated. I, I, here's the story. I accepted a job at Maid Creek. I don't know if you okay. know um, Steve Reese. Steve wow. Reese just retired from the boys' side at Maid Creek. Well, he was. I saw on the Coach board. Bob posting about that. So that, yes, coach I've seen Bob, the pictures. Okay. I know what he looks like, but I don't know him so personally. Coach yeah. Reese. Coach Reese was the girls' basketball coach okay. at Maid Creek, um, right. and he was the head basketball coach there. Probably he's been with Bob probably for um, maybe the last maybe five or six years. But prior to that, he's been the girls head basketball coach there for years. And they won a he, state uh, title. And he right. absolutely did. Wow, absolutely yeah. did. And so I interviewed, I was trying to get to Houston. I interviewed with coach Reese and man, he looked at my resume and he called me in. He said, coach, I feel so bad. I got a freshman B position mm -hmm. and a freshman um, B team volleyball position, mm -hmm. uh, B basketball and B volleyball. And I, I, man, you, you have more experience than me is what he said. <laughs> and he said, and, and I don't want to lose you, but that's all I got. I said, Oh, I'll take it. He's like, you'll take it. I, I'll take it. Oh, okay. He's like, we got to get her signed up quick for she changes her mind. Right. And my, my, I had family that lived in Richmond and I'd tell, I was called them and told them how excited I was about coming and being the B team coach. And they said, why don't you look into Lamar Consolidate? I said, what's that? Looked it up. Um, Lamar High School had a head girls basketball and English position open. Well, that was my certification, mm -hmm. English, and it was a basketball position. I'll apply for it. Lydell Wilson was the yeah. um, the the head football coach, and Mike Rice is the 
was the athletic director. And so I applied for it and um, I don't even, I think I probably hit uh, submit and probably 10 minutes after submit, my phone was ringing, uh, uh, 281, hello? This, this is Coach Wilson and he called yeah. and I said, can you interview? I said, well, I'm five hours away. I'm in the Valley, I said, I'm five hours away. Long story short, I made my way up to um, um, uh, Lamar University, I mean, Lamar uh, High School, mm-hmm. interviewed. And before I left town to head back, um, they had already offered me the job. And so Man. that's kind of how I got into high school. And it's been, the rest has been history. Some amazing history. Kudos, uh, shout out to Coach Wilson for seeing yeah. that resume and getting on the horn ASAP and locking Man. you down. <laughs> and it was submit and it was like, hello, hey, are you interested? I went, whoa, I, I haven't even closed my laptop yet. So you spent eight years at Lamar Con. I mean, that, that's a that's a really impressive amount of time. Do anything else you want to say about your experience there? I mean, you, you talked about the, the culture that you built, the, you know, the, the the run into the playoffs, into the fourth round. I mean, just anything else you want to share about your time at Lamar? No, Lamar, day? man, Lamar is, you know, I I still say, I mean, you know, good thing Millwood was blue because um, mm-hmm. Lamar is also blue. So when I say I bleed blue, nobody yeah. can hold me really accountable because my high school was blue but sometimes when I say I believe blue it was definitely uh Lamar consolidated is a huge man it's a huge reason um um that in my adult life that I've developed into the human that I am today I mean I had some experiences at Lamar um uh, one of them was my first year there I didn't hang a single picture on the wall because I knew for a fact that I was not returning after that first year uh we were getting our heads beat in oh we were getting yeah. our heads beat in by 50 um i had two girls on my team that were already mothers they, right. they had children sure. um i had one girl that was coming back um from i guess you can call it maternity leave or whatever uh but she was coming back from her six weeks of being off from having a child my first year there three of my kids have kids right. and i'm like i can't do nothing nobody told me this not thinking yeah. about what would Miss Spears do? Right, there you go. What would Miss Spears do? And um, it was hard. It was hard. The kids, um, you know, they, they didn't come to practice. Um, mm-hmm. They always had excuses. Man, they had some talent. But boy, getting them to, to commit was a task. And, um, you know, I just called them in one day and I said, hey, do y'all want to do it or not? If, if you, I don't have to be here. I mean, I can go be the B team coach. <laughs> Coach Reese got a spot for me in May Creek. I'll be be the B team coach at May Creek right now and not have to worry about the headache. And I had a couple of girls um, that was like, Coach, I want to do it. I I, I think we can do it. And I had some parents that were like, Please don't leave. Please don't, you know, please don't leave us. Um, Our our kids need somebody. I was hard. I mean, I had just come from coaching college where you could say anything and you could do anything. And and, and, you know, those kids were working for you. Well, I didn't realize, um, and here's a little fact that you might want to know, that first year that I was at Lamar Consolidated, I was coach of the year that first year um, at Lamar Consolidated. Um, uh, but at the time, I, I, I was like, I can't do anything with this. These kids don't want to listen. They, they, I mean, I'm, I'm coaching them hard and and they they not coming back and, and they're back talking and mm-hmm. man, it was rough. It was yeah. absolutely rough. But Jaquiz Rogers, Jaquiz yep. Rogers, yes. his his sister, his sister, Carte Scott, uh, was my uh, was my point guard. Best okay. 
the best defender I've ever coached. I've yeah. not ever seen a person, you know, Quiz is a little squatty guy. Well, Tay is a little bit squattier. So she's already low to the ground. And man, she was a senior. She was one of my kids that already had a kid too. And, um, but those kids, if I showed you a picture of that third round playoff game um, that Austin had this year, Carte Rogers, uh, Elandra Johnson, um, Ann Nuosa, Marissa Becerra, Alexis Thomas, um, Quatera Limbrick, um, um, all those kids showed up for me in the wow. playoffs. All those kids yeah. are in every picture that you see me post on my social media. All those kids are in the background um, wow. at those games. And so um, that says you know, something about them, but it also says something about you, coach. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. I, That's great. It is. It is. So Lamar Consolidated, it's, it is it is definitely the, the foundation of who I am. So obviously you had a, you had a great uh, poor, you know, starts your high school coaching career at Lamar, and then you made the move to Cy Woods. So can you yep. just describe what, what took you up to the north side? Man, I got a call. Like, I got a call. I was not, I was trying to round out 10, uh, 10 good ones at Lamar Consolidate, and the same thing happened. The job fell in my lap. Um, when I got to Woods, um, it was, it was a, a, an experience, and I was at a point in my life where I was, um, I mean, my, my faith is really huge for me, um, and I try not to make moves without, you know, consulting my father. And so um, I prayed about it. And when it fell in my lap, I, it was, you know, the end of the school year. So going into summer and I'm like, whoa, who, you don't want to leave people high and dry. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm and all I kept thinking was, is Lamar going to be okay? If I leave, are they going to be okay? And not only did God say, but Miss Spears said, quite, she called me Quasha. Quasha, <laughs> she ain't never called me LaQuisha. Question. <laughs> he said, um, if you die, she was very blunt. If you die tomorrow, guess what? They might give you two weeks, but they're gonna hire somebody in your spot. They're gonna be all right. And I said, Okay, Coach Spears, all right. And so um, um I talked to um uh, Virginia Flores, who I was replacing. Um, she was moving into an admin position and she uh we talked and she said, This, this, this will be a good fit for you. This will be something good. Um she had just come from three years prior winning the state championship at Cy Woods. Um, she was returning, or I was returning, um, Kate Reese, um, who right, was just, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my McDonald's all American, Kate and I just had a crumble cookie date last week. She came over to basketball camp at Austin. Uh, Where did Kate Reese end up playing at? She's at Arizona, Arizona. Okay. I'm sorry. Arizona play for a play for a national championship. Not this past year, but last year with Ari McDonald. Um, yes. Yeah. That, okay. When it was in San Antonio during the COVID. No, but um, didn't Cy Woods have uh, a post that went to Rice? Kate Reese. Um, yeah, you're talking about, um, um, oh God, why am I drawing a blank? Yes. The, uh, Nancy, uh, Mulkey. Yes. There uh, you Nancy, go. Yeah. Nancy Mulkey. Uh, Nancy went to, um, uh, that, that state tournament team, Nancy Mulkey, uh, Jasmine Williams, who went to Texas A&M. Um, she had the uh, Aguma case, um, Erica and um, Olivia um, wow. Aguma case, who so ended up cool. going to yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. ended up going to Stanford, and oh, they went to Pepperdine. They went to Pepperdine. The oldest two went to Stanford, but uh, went to Pepperdine, and they came back, and they actually went to Rice as well. Erica okay. and yeah. um, uh, the younger Aguma case, um, but those that was her starting five, and Kate Reese, Kate Reese, um, Erica Aguma case. Um, Olivia Gumake, Jasmine Williams at AM, and uh, Nancy Mulkey. Division and one then, and, college basketball and, team. And, 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 then get, and then I get hired. <laughs> Wait, you want me to do what? You want me to win a state championship? Well, give me Nancy. 
Yeah. Give me the Aguma case. I got Kate. So I had Kate for one year. Um, but I got to Woods and Woods was a great experience. It was a great stepping stone, a great learning experience for me. Um, the culture at, um, I'm actually speaking at um, uh, THSCA in July. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to actually speak on um, culture um, and finding the right fit. Um, um, I was, you know, just put it out there. I was the first black um, um, head basketball coach um, at, um, in, at Cy Woods, um, and, and, uh, on the campus, um, I was the first black head coach, um, there. Coach Cromedy was the assistant track and they moved him into the head, um, and, and the community, um, I, I wouldn't say I struggled with it, but they struggled with me just to be, you know, honest. Uh Um, and it was a lot of things that I experienced there that grew me, um, that absolutely grew me. Um, if I was put in that situation again, um, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about the game of basketball, learned so much about people um, in Woods. And man, I have some relationships um, from Sci-Fair that will last until I hit the dirt. Um, um, but I did my three years there and it was an amazing experience. I have nothing bad to say, yeah. um, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And um, the culture that I was able to create at um um at Lamar so quickly and the culture that I've been able to create at um Austin so quickly it wasn't that well received at Cy Woods. I understand. Um, yeah. I understand it coach. Wasn't I, that well received. Yeah. And so um so you know in a perfect world um you know and if I was I was I was growing into I was still maturing into a, a coach. I mean I've been a head coach for eight years. Um, but, but you're still learning to this day. I mean, I'm 14 years in, I'm still, every day I'm still learning. Um, but, uh, the culture that I, that I wanted, um, I, I wanted so badly. I wanted to coach those kids hard and I wanted kids to be accountable and I, and, it, and they just weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it from me. And so, um, um, I, I built my relationships and, um, you know, we had some success, a little bit of success, um, there. And, um, uh, when I got the opportunity to, uh, get back to Fort Bend, um, this community, this area, um, I jumped on it. I, I absolutely jumped on it. Coach, I, I not, I wouldn't want to rehash too much. Cause obviously, <laughs> you know, it, it was a place where you, you, it didn't meet your expectations as far as mm-hmm. your style, but I mean, I think it's important for coaches cause I had a similar experience. Uh, you know, when I was defensive coordinator at Ridgepoint, similar to you, I was there, was really on my side of the ball, able to build that exact culture that I wanted. Yeah. Became the head coach at Aldine for two years as well. So similar wow. time frame. And I just, I don't feel like I was able to meet my expectations as far as instilling that culture and getting that, yep. that change that I wanted. And yep. I felt the same way that you did. And again, it's, it's, it's no knock on anything. Just maybe I Absolutely. wasn't the right, right person at that time in my career. And yep. I look back on it just like you did last uh, a couple shows ago. Um, we had Kevin Swift on. He's a he's a yeah. state championship winning coach from Oregon. He always talks about yeah he won two state championships, but he always brings up I had three zero and nine seasons. Yep. Those bad times, good coaches embrace those as well, which it sounds 100%. like that you're doing right. And and Coach 100%. Or Coach Or talked about how you know his success at Morton Ranch. He can't just bring that blueprint from Morton Ranch to Austin. He he had that to work. make changes. So. Is that how you just, just real quick on that, just for the co- young coaches that are listening, that are, that are facing a situation where it's like, you know, this culture I've always been able to build, I, I'm, I'm not doing it right now. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for those coaches? I say in, in, a, in the world that we live in right now, you got to find your fit, right? right? 
Don't ever compromise who you are, um, but be willing to listen. Be willing to listen, be willing to receive and be willing to adjust, right? Um, There was some things that I was not willing to compromise that if you ask me now, I may say, I don't want to die on that hill. Okay, yeah. It's not worth me dying on that hill, right? Let me pick this battle and not that battle. Um, Every situation, um, unless you're me this year at Austin, right? It's Mm -hmm. not a perfect situation, right? right? Unless you're me at Austin this year, then it's a perfect situation, right? But no, um, every situation um, that you find yourself in in life, um, especially in coaching, and this is something that I definitely want to share when we get to the clinic in um, uh, July, is, um, you know, you, you create the culture that you want to have but you can't create a culture that people aren't gonna buy into. If if people aren't buying into your culture, only two things can happen. You either stay and you try to force it on people and you're never gonna have success when you're forcing people to do something that they don't believe in and that they don't wanna do, or you leave and you go find what fits. You don't just up and leave, you figure it out, right? You work through whatever kinks, you try to meet people halfway, and when I say every year at Sidewoods, I felt like that I was taking another step forward. What do I need to do? How can I make this better? What is it that you want from me? How can I hold your kid accountable without her thinking that I hate her, that I don't like her, or that you know um, I have a favorite here and a favorite there? Like, what can I do? Um, and and there has to be a lot of self reflection. I wasn't the perfect coach um, um, in that Sidewoods situation. Um, but I also wasn't treated perfectly either. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when, when you feel like that, you know, you're, you're, who you are is being compromised, then you need to, you need to figure out where, where it is that you need to be. Um, that first year I prayed and I was like, okay, God, this is not, I asked for you to prune me, but Lord, yeah. I don't know about this. And um, he just said, hold, hold steady, Quisha. I got you. We're going to rock the boat a little bit. Um, And I sat in the office with Sharon Farrah. She was an athletic director. She's retired. But I sat in the office with her one day and she, and we had a conversation and she looked me and this is a white woman who coached at um, Cy Falls, a successful Uh program at Cy Falls, which is a, um, a very diverse school. And she said, Quisha, they need you there. They, the first, they need you there don't leave. Don't, don't let them make you go. And I, I said, okay, coach. And I went back and I went back the second year. So I would just tell a young coach, um, you know, culture, the culture you create, you create your own culture, but you can't create a culture that I can't do what I was doing at Lamar Consolidated at Cy Woods. Sure. The culture is different. The sure. kid is different. The family home life and dynamic is different. The need is different. They all need, but it's different. And so the way that I meet the needs at Lamar Consolidated or meet the needs at Stephen F. Austin wasn't the same way that I could try to meet needs at. um, And so you have to find out because at the end of the day, it's about kids. And if you're if you're doing what's right for kids, then you lay your head down at night and you sleep good. You drool on that pillow Um, because if you do, if you're doing what's right for kids, then you hold your head high. And when it's your time. When it's your time, it'll come. And this year, this year was um, was truly a reaping of a harvest that I planted a long time ago. 
a long time ago. This harvest, this harvest that I reaped this year wasn't what I put in this year. I put in work this year, but I'm reaping a harvest that I planted a long time ago. I've, you know, I'm, I'm like, we're 15 episodes in. What you just shared, I think, may, may rank up there as my favorite piece of advice that we've received <laughs> on this show. Like, I just think that that we can talk about winning championships, but really the struggle, it's the struggle. It's the struggle, the struggle, that, that, struggle. that coaches need to dialogue and, and network yep. and communicate and build each yep. other up. You, that was excellent. Anyone listening to this, I don't care what sport you coach, <laughs> they need to go, they need to go to your, to your session at coaching school in San Antonio. I mean, I I, I'm, that. that is, that, this is excellent. Last thing before we talk about Austin and we celebrate a little bit, just this, this, yeah. this incredible season. I just want to know, maybe some coaches are curious if they want to go the high school or the collegiate route. You've done both. Mm-hmm. Any advice to those coaches that are trying to decide which way they want to go or, or anything you, you, you learned in college, you brought to the high school level that strengthened you or just anything on, on that decision, high school versus college for a coach? Man, they're so different. When I say they're so different, they're so different. I mean, the game is the same. Um, it's just played at a different level, you know, depending on where you are. But if you aren't sure, and if you ever get an opportunity, if you ever get an opportunity to coach college basketball, take advantage of it. Okay. You can always come back and find a job in high school. Um, there's there's so many more positions um, to coach in high school than there is in um, in in a college sure. uh, at a college level. Um, but, you know, I had a chance to coach at a junior college level and at Texas Pan American, which is UTRGV yep. now. Uh, we were we were Division One. We were independent. Um, and see, so we were a lower level Division One, but we were Division One basketball. We played Jody Conrad at Texas in her last year that she retired um, at UT. I mean, it was a guaranteed game. So they we got a lot of money for getting our butts kicked by him. But mm-hmm. I had a chance to sit on the sideline and coach against Jody Conrad. Um, and so uh, we tried to get on the schedule um, with Tennessee, uh, with Pat Summit. When I was there, we tried to get on the schedule for several years. They had a waiting list. We couldn't get on. But if you get an opportunity, I traveled in places that I would never travel on my own because I was a college basketball coach. Right. So I've, I've gone to some places that I wouldn't just go to Utah or yeah. to Montana. Right. But I got a chance to go to Utah and to Montana and see how beautiful those places are that I probably wouldn't have gone on my own. So I would say if you if you're struggling with both, but you get an opportunity to coach college basketball, take advantage of it. You can always come back to high school basketball and, and nobody can ever take that away from you. The relationships that I've built um, 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 from those kids that I coach, I can the, just the same way that I just named Carte Scott and Ann Wilson, Marissa Becerra. I can tell you that Rose Esther Jean um, has been at several of my, my games. I coach Rose um, at UTPA that Aaliyah Grigsby um, has been to several of my games and is now a, um, a coach in Nacogdoches and has called me and said, coach, oh my gosh, how did you do this with us? Right. And those kids I coached in college. Um, 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 and so, you know, take advantage of whatever opportunity comes. You get one time to live this life. And so right. you want to make sure you live yes. it up, live Love it up. It. Now let, let's celebrate. Let's talk about, let's talk about Austin let's high school. Go, <laughs> she's got her Austin gear on. <laughs> oh man. Just so much say you're not, you know, I know Austin has had a couple good teams throughout the years and girls basketball mm-hmm. side may make the playoffs, but it, it, it's certainly not what I would describe as, as a, a Millwood, you know, with, with a yes. long tradition of yep. basketball excellence. So you, you, for you to do this, I mean, mm-hmm. 13 and one, district mm-hmm. record i mean just mm-hmm. just 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 t- talk to us about it what, what was it like what's your whole experience been like and 
And, and you know, what, what, what do you want to share with us coaches listening about your experience? Got Austin? to Austin during COVID last year. Um, like I said, the middle school teams, uh, I inherited, I think, eight, eight or nine seniors last year on that team that I had my first year there. Um, some of them had been on the varsity team before. Some of them had not. Um, the, the three years prior to me getting to Austin, let me back up, the two years prior plus my first year at Austin, the total number of games won my first year plus the two years prior was 21 games total. Right. Total. So right. the year before I got there, um, I think in district, I tried not to look at it. I knew it was bad. I knew what I was getting into and I knew it was a rebuild and I wanted the challenge. I, I like I said, I come on. We just talked about Oklahoma City where I grew up, four yeah. brothers playing at the YMCA, you know, having to get into high school, playing on varsity, having to find my niche and find my spot. And um when, when you really, you know, can, can, I guess, discover what your purpose is and where you belong, I know that I'm going to finish this career. If I never win a state championship, if I never win a state championship, every time I can get to a school and I say I, but me and a staff and a group of kids can turn a program around um, like Lamar Consolidated and like Austin, then no state championship will ever trump what just happened this year at Austin, right? We came up short and, and we had some tears in the locker room, but man, um, we celebrated. We celebrated. When I got over there uh, last year, um, the, the the junior high that had those five um, five games, um, uh, Garcia Middle School and Sartarsha Middle School, um, Austin doesn't have a true feeder. That's right. Only school in the district that doesn't have a true feeder. So, so I'm already at a disadvantage when it comes to other schools that I'm playing against because those kids can go right down to the to their feeder school and talk to those kids and teach those kids their offense and teach those kids everything about Travis or Bush or or Kent or whatever a rich point and those kids are coming right to their program the next year. Well, if I go to Garcia and I teach Garcia our offense, those kids are going to go to Travis next year and run it against me, right? They're going right. to say, God, I know sure, what they're going to yeah, do. Yeah. So I got over there and I went to um, to the middle school and I, I, I pounded that those middle schools. I was over there and I would say, hey, everybody, if, if I don't care if you play sports, like, come, let me talk to you. And I would talk to those basketball girls. And I said, tell me, y'all be honest with me. I'll never forget standing at Sartarsha last year. So y'all be honest with me. Tell me what you know about Austin High School. And those kids looked at me and they said, they have a good band. Oh, I said, we do. We do. We got a great The band. Angels dance team. Yeah, this is award-winning. Yeah. Yeah. I said, tell me what you know about Austin Athletics. And they kind of was like, oh, do we say it? Is she serious? Do, do, do she really want to know? And I said, just be honest with me. You can tell me. I said, nothing that you say is going to hurt my feelings because here's the one time that I'm not taking the blame. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so nothing that you say is gonna hurt my feelings and those kids said they're really bad at sports and they laughed and I said you're absolutely right you're absolutely right but we're shifting culture yeah we're in the process of shifting culture at Austin and I share it with them coach Arrow the football coach that had yeah. just gotten there from a couple of years and coach Owar who had just got on yeah. um same time that I did and coach Goodman who had just taken over the volleyball program and all of these new things and that how important um, Fort Bend saw that it was a need for Austin to have competitive. There's no reason that um, Simone shouldn't be proud about graduating from Austin High School and being an athlete from Austin High School. But all she can, she can just talk about her swim success. 
And some of that success she got outside, right, of doing, you know, club swim. And so those kids, like, they humbled me. They, and I, I promised them, if, if you give me the opportunity, um, I told them where I came from and, and what I wanted to do. And I said, and, and it starts with you. It starts with you. And um, um, my success story, I always tell, even though Andrea Sturdivant, um, uh, she was actually at Hodges, uh, Hodges Bend, and she came to Austin uh, this year. Um, they moved, and so she came to Austin. Amina um, Dixon was sitting in that group of people that I talked to at Satarsha last year. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sitting there talking to them, and I say, um, okay, well, give me my Austin people over here. And she sat on the other side. Well, I went and watched Austin and, I mean, sorry, Satarsha and Garcia play. And Amina was, she was the dog on the floor. Mm -hmm. She was going to Travis. Her parents lived, I mean, they uh, worked in the district. And so she was going in the academy, old academy at Travis, right? Basically open enrollment, right? They're busting at the scene and they still get kids. And so I, so I, after the game, I, I didn't know this. I walked up to um, the, the dad, I'm at a middle school basketball game, Garcia and Satarsha. Excuse me, sir. Um, number such and such, that's your daughter? Said, yes, ma'am. I said, is she going, where's she going to school? Oh, my baby's going to Travis. My baby's going. I said, okay. I had my uh, bulldog mask on. He's, and so I said, okay, well, nice talking to you. And I walked off and he said, well, excuse me, coach, you coach at Austin? I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, okay, well, I mean, I don't, I don't really know nothing about Austin. You have to tell me. I said, well, all I can tell you is that I'm the head coach at Austin. Travis has a head coach and I'm at the gym tonight. That's all I can tell you. I'm here. I'm here. And if your kids are coming to Austin, I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest my time. I'm going to invest my knowledge. I'm going to invest my money. I'm going to invest in these kids. And Gabby Johnson, who um, was the MVP of our district this year, um, um, no knock, but Gabby Johnson has been at Austin High School for all four years. I got her her last two. She ends up the district MVP her senior year. I didn't make Gabby Johnson the MVP of the district. I nurtured Gabby Johnson into becoming the MVP. She was already talented. She already had, already had skill. She needed to be coached. She needed to, 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 to have somebody to believe in her. Um, and that's what we did at Austin this year, man. I had those kids. And at the beginning, I told them, if, 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 you, if, you, if you buy in with me, what kind of legacy what kind of legacy do you want to leave at Austin? Do you want to continue being what those kids last year? Some of you were sitting in the gym when y'all laughed and I came over to your middle school. Some of y'all were sitting in the gym, Amina, when they laughed at me and said, Austin, I don't want to go to Austin. We just had, we had sat camp today. There was 72 girls in the weight room today. Love 72 it. girls in the weight room today. We had a basketball camp last week. 94 kids showed up to basketball camp. And the girl who won the NBA division, the high, uh, the the ninth grade division of um of uh, basketball uh, of the basketball camp, um, is a kid that came to my basketball camp that's zoned to Travis. She keeps saying, "Coach, what do I have to do?" I said, "Baby, you got to move. I don't know what to tell you, but mm -hmm. you're not even supposed to be at my camp. How you get over here?" But she's a Sartarsha kid, oh, and so I, I went to Sartarsha and I I poured in. I took my flyers. I said, hey, get your physical, come on over. I didn't know this kid wasn't coming to, to my school until she won. I said, how are we going to give the championship trophy to a kid going to Travis? But um, man, when I tell you, it, it has been storybook. I knew 
um, you know, I'm going to step out on a limb right now, but, but I knew that I would get Austin turned around. I did not know I would get Austin turned around this quickly, sure. which is why I know I am reaping harvest from something that I, I don't know what I planted a long time ago, but I know I'm reaping harvest from that. But these kids, man, they came, they bought in. Once we got to um, um, uh, the first, first tournament, we went over to Baytown and we played in a tournament and won a championship. They were like, wait, coach, we can, we can win. We get a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got over to um, the next tournament we played in um, uh, the Fort Bend tournament, um, uh, played our bracket play, lost one game in the bracket play to Langham Creek, a close game uh, to Langham Creek, come back, um, play in the championship, beat Hightower in the championship of, um, of the, the tournament. They're like, coach, we, we want another one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so at this point they're like, let's go, let's go. Right. Get over to Lamar consolidated, make it all the way to the championship. We run against Manville, right? We had, whoa, gosh, we had a, uh, five or, oh my gosh, I think we played five or six games in that tournament. Our, our bodies were not used to it. No, no excuse, but we came up short, but every tournament that we played in this year, we played, um, we played for the championship of those tournaments. Mm -hmm. So when we got to district and we knocked off Dulles at home convincingly, those kids knew, those kids knew then they, they started to believe when we when we got past the first part of the season, but when we beat Dulles with Naya Threed and Day Day Powell and those other kids that were returning, just making it to the third round of the playoffs, fourth round last year, they were like, "Let's go!" So I'm gonna take the blame for the the Dulles loss over there. Um, I go back and look at film. Um, uh, but if I was gonna lose to anybody, it was gonna be Dulles. Uh, but man, when I say that from there. Whew, we got our regiment going. Uh, we did our ice baths, man. We watched film. Uh, we got in a system and those kids bought in. We had Saturday, like if I would asked any of those kids the year before to come to practice on Saturday, I'd have got every excuse under the sun. When we started winning, those kids like, coach, are we doing ice baths this Monday? Coach, <laughs> we got, we, can, can I come shoot this Saturday? And I'm like, yeah. And so creating a culture, again, I took it slow. But when I said, as I'm giving them bits and pieces of the culture, they're saying, coach, give me more, give me more, give me more. And every time they ask for more, I said, okay, when I laid it on too thick at Side Woods, it didn't work. <laughs> I don't want to, y'all don't want to lay it on too thick too soon. These kids, they were hungry. So your alma mater, those kids were hungry. They, right. they knew um, uh, what was in them. They were so excited to have, and I don't like talking about myself, but man, when I say this year was, was an amazing experience and we got halfway through the season and, and some of my, um, uh, a coach told me, um, because I would, I would, you know, come out there and they would say, well, coach, man, y'all look good last night. And I was like, no, man, we, man, we, we barely rebounded the ball last night. Like, thank God for such and such, or thank God. And I was always, I wasn't being negative, but I was like, we can do better. We can do better. We can do better. And Coach Arrow, one time, he said, Coach, don't forget to enjoy the moment. Sure. You've already, yeah. you're on the on pace to make, if you win 20 games this year, you will have won more games this year than they've won the last three. You don't, you, anything, no knock to the coach that was there before me, but anything you do now is better than what was being done before. Don't forget to enjoy the moment. And I yeah. said, 
okay, you're right. So second round the district, um, I, I started to, I, I, I started to coach a little bit differently. Um, I was still coaching hard, but, um, a little bit more praise was coming out of my mouth. Sure. Um, they, I was, they were hearing me say, <laughs> not just behind closed doors, how awesome they were. They weren't hearing me. I was one of those ones. Let me watch film so I can give the correct criticism to the correct person or the correct praise to the correct person. So sometimes they didn't get immediate praise. Man, I said, these, listen, if we don't do anything else, I'm not saying we've done enough, but we've done enough. So kudos to you for being an alum. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to be a bulldog. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I have had, <laughs> no lie, uh, last year I had a LCISD school call me middle of the season and I, um, I toyed with it and it, it didn't, it didn't feel right. And this year, um, I've had three schools call me, um, this year <laughs> and, um, and I, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know, ex I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I'm, I'm so happy to be a bulldog right now. I'm so happy that I have, um, the bulk of my team, I have four of my um, uh, starters returning. Wow. So I, I lost Gabby Johnson. I lost the double-double, um, but I have some kids that I believe are going to be able to step in and they understand, you know, the process and the grind now. And I think they'll be able to, you know, it'll be hard to fill our shoes, but we'll be able to, to piece it together. One last question I have before we get to the kind of the fun part of the show, mm -hmm. you know, um, Co coach Chris Danzer talked about, you know, sometimes, you know, of course, there's lots of great parents. You get tons of them at Austin and you had at Lamar Khan saying, Coach, please stay. But like sometimes there, there are certain parents that, that don't want their kids to, to experience failure and they'll kind of guard them from that. And I think that it's all it's all well-intentioned, right? Because they love their kids. They love their babies. Right? But I think sometimes that can actually limit the experience for a student athlete, right? And, and their, their, their potential. So I guess I just want to hear from your experience. Like if you're speaking to a parent and you're just trying to give advice as a, as a high level coach, what, what can parents do? What, 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 what behaviors can they model to help their kids have the best possible experience in athletics? Allow your kid to be a kid. Let them, you wrote your story, let them write their story, right? Um, nobody wants to see their kids sad because they didn't play. Here's the thing. I have four seniors <clears throat> on my team this year. Three of the four seniors have started on that team for the last three years. Mm -hmm. Only one of those seniors started for me this year. Yeah. Last year, when I was there, two of the seniors um, that were juniors for me last year started. And this year I had a tough decision to make. Yeah. I either play these kids and, and they could play. We were just playing at a different level. <clears throat> and um, there were games that fit them and there was some games that just didn't fit them. If there were games where we were playing on a slower pace and it was a methodical game and we had to make several passes to get a, uh, to get a shot off, then that was a game that two of those kids could play in, two of those other seniors could play in. If we were playing a game where it was running gun and you're playing Dulles and, and there's no time to think basketball and it's just it just has to be instinct, Listen, those kids' parents have told me, I went to, to graduation party. I just got a picture, um, a picture from the graduation party just yesterday from one of the parents and the, and the other parent. 
both have said, you have made this experience the best experience for me and my child. My child didn't know. I came on the reverse side. My child only knew failure. She just played the sport because it was fun. Yeah. She started. She was one of the better ones. Um, and it was cool. I tell parents, and, and there was some times where, where those kids, um, one of the moms would tell me last year, uh, oh, she, don't tell her I told you, but she came home mad at you today. I just want to make sure everything's okay. I said, oh, I got on her. I told her the truth. Mm-hmm. I gave her the real. Um, mm-hmm. She wasn't doing X, Y, and Z. And so I held her accountable. Yeah. Um, so she should be mad at me. And I appreciate the fact that she's mad at me because that means that she wants to be better. She heard what I said and she wants to be better. And since she didn't quit, then I want her to be able to thank you for being, I told that thank you for being her outlet, but thank you for also encouraging her. We don't quit. We don't quit when the going gets tough. And that's what it was. Those two kids in particular, to answer your question, those two kids in particular, I can think about their parents and how their parents were a part of the team. Their parents are a part of this legacy. Yes. Their parents are a part of everything that we've done because they allowed their kids to experience the beginning of this of this season. Both of those kids started for me. Yeah. As we got into the season, right? Out of our preseason games, yeah. we're playing in these tournaments. Um, you want to win or you want to play, right? Um, you want me to, to strategize an opportunity for you to get in the game, or you want me just to throw you in the fire just because you like fire. Yeah. And those parents were at every game. They were the loudest. Those parents at our banquet have talked to the other parents of my two. I had two freshmen that started. That's the thing. I started two freshmen this year, two freshmen. One, one freshman was my second leading score. The other freshman was kind of my point guard. Yeah. And those two seniors had to sit and watch. But every um, uh, picture that you see in the playoffs, man, those two seniors are up on their feet. They're cheering. Beautiful. They're clapping. It didn't, it didn't start like that. I had sure. the, the conversations. Yeah, of, sure. Now, can I talk to you, coach? Well, what, what do I need to do? Keep doing what you're doing. Nobody wants to hear. Keep Well, if I keep doing what I'm doing, coach, I'm not playing now. If I keep doing what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Keep doing what you're doing. When there's an opportunity for you, trust me, you've committed yourself to this program, even though it wasn't me for four years, the last two, you committed yourself to this program. I'm going to reward you. Whether the reward is that you get to say you're a part of history, you always get to say the history that's at Austin, you are a part of it. So I just encourage parents to allow kids to be kids, right? Be their biggest fan. I'm going to be um, their second biggest critic because they're going to be their first biggest critic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be their second biggest, biggest critic, critic. But I always tell the parents in my parent meeting and I always tell the kids, I'm going to be that person that I'm on your butt when you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But as soon as you get it right, Coach Dickerson is going to be the first person to slap high fives. I'm getting mine first, right? Yeah. Because you got it. Whether it's you can't make a basket, and but but you busted down the floor and you caught the ball in triple threat and you made the right pass and we scored the winning basket, kudos to you. We celebrate. We celebrate yeah. that. So It's awesome. Um, yeah, just allow kids to be kids because life is too short. And we live in a world right now where 
these kids are just doing too much. And so when they get an opportunity to, to enjoy what they're doing, we want them to enjoy it. Success and failure. Failure is a part of life. You know, so you're going to fail all through your life. But how you respond, how you pick yourself back up, that that determines, you know, who you really are as a person. Kudos to those parents, whoever yep. they are out there. I mean, just to have the story of you think, oh, the senior got benched for the freshman, the parent, you think it's going to be a bad ending. They supported you and they, they, they treasured that experience for their child to compete at those high levels. So kudos to them. Um, kind of bury the lead a little bit here. I'm, I've been geeked up about this ever since you told me this. Let's you hear. are a close personal friend with Cheryl yep. Swoops, y'all. You yep. texted me that. You sent me pictures from her wedding and her coming out to talk to the girls. I'm a huge Cheryl Swoops fan as yep. a Texan, as a former Houston Comets fan. You yep. know, uh, so just how did you meet Cheryl Swoops? And just tell us a little bit about that. So one of my friends ended up coaching um, with her at um, when she was at Loyola. And her mother lived here in Houston uh, before her mom um, passed away. Um, she lived here in Houston. And so um, the first time that I, well, I drove up with um, my friend to um, help her move in when she moved to Chicago from Oklahoma. Keisha, the one I was telling you about, the Keisha Quisha mm -hmm. thing, she went and coached with Cheryl. And so when I drove up, you know, of course, um, you know, she's going to go work for Cheryl. Um, I meet her. And so, um, so we met and, um, you know, we just met and hung out that weekend and that was it. I came on back home. I was like, oh, cool. Yay. I met Cheryl Swoops. Cool. Ha ha. Wow. And, um, so as the years kind of went on, three, four uh, years went on, um, her mom um, uh, was sick. Her mom um, um, came up with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so it was a time that her mom, she needed some medicine. And Cheryl's in Chicago. Uh, her brother is working in Tomball somewhere. And so uh, Keisha said, well, let me call Keisha, I guess. And so she called me and she said, I need you to go um, to Cheryl's um, mom's house. And she needs, she needed something to me, like she needed her prescription. So, okay. So I did, I went over, I got the prescription, uh, picked it up. Cheryl called it in. And uh, when I got in, those people thought Cheryl Swoops was coming in to pick up the prescription. I said, no, it's just me. She <laughs> sent me, I go get the prescription, take it back to her mom. And um, man, her mom called me for everything else after that. Yeah. She would just call me, we would go to breakfast and um, so I kind of took care of her mom, just was kind of like the daughter. The, yeah. um, and so Cheryl would come in town. I'd pick her up from the airport and we just kind of developed a relationship because I always went to go check on her mom. And so when she left Chicago, she moved back here and we sat down one day and she just like poured it out. And just, I'm so grateful that, you know, my mom is my pride and joy and just been my biggest fan. And uh, on her, you know, the last days, I literally stood in the room um, at the head of her mother's bed when she took her last breath, um, mm. me and Cheryl um, and her brother um, and the hospice nurse stood in her mom's room when she took her last breath. And then um, that summer after is when she got married. And of course, she was just like, you, you, you're, you're my family. And, and when I say we, we talk, I mean, literally, they just had a, a rally um, last night down um, on Polk Street for Brittany, uh, Brittany Griner. Yeah. Uh, last night and so I was supposed to uh, make it to that I didn't make it to that last night but I just talked to Cheryl uh just talked to her yesterday man and uh it's nothing like being in the presence of of somebody so legendary but man she's a human being a country girl yeah uh, she lives right over in Hockley right up the road from me in Cyprus and so okay uh yeah she just lives up the road and uh lives on a bunch of land and got some dogs and some chickens and a garden and all this stuff and um um 
she just she she still talks hoops and they just um uh last weekend they just uh unveiled a mural of her uh, on Almeida uh last week um, um of her and it's a really nice mural that they just unveiled but I get to go to um uh Houston Rockets games with her um, she has appearances sometimes she'll call me I'll go with her uh, she put on a basketball camp a couple of years for uh, a couple of years ago I um uh, got some people to come work for. So I don't, I normally don't tell people, but they'll ask something and they'll be like, you know, they'll say something. And I'll be like, well, I know Cheryl, like, I don't mean to, but I, I never tell people, but when you said that, I was like, oh, I got to tell them. I yeah. got it. But yeah, no, that's my girl. I'm so glad you did it. If Cheryl, uh, I, I would just go nuts if Cheryl listened to this episode of the podcast. But you got to get she, I'm, I'm going to put you in contact. You got to yeah. do it. She'll absolutely do it. Yeah, and if, if she is listening, though, just to give her her flowers, a three-time WNBA MVP. But this is the part that, as much as I love Cynthia Cooper, and, you know, Coop was a walking bucket, but Absolutely. what Cheryl did, the defensive side of it. She's also three-time defensive player of the year, two-time scoring champion and steals champion. I just, I think that's so amazing. And also, on the, kind of on the other side of it now, as, as athletes are getting NIL deals and things like that, mm -hmm. Cheryl Soups was the first to get her own shoe. So she had shoot. that business savvy as well. Yep. And just, just an incredible ambassador, Texas tech yep. alum, a Texan. So yeah, I think she's currently, um, last I knew she was currently, um, she's working for Nike now. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So cool. So she's, so, still, she's, she's still giving back to the game, still giving back to the game. Okay. So now that we always talk about favorite teams, you mentioned the Denver Broncos cause you're a big Peyton Manning fan. Man, that's my guy. Yeah, what is it about Peyton that just stuck? I out don't to you? know. I don't know. I thought I was gonna marry Peyton Manning. Actually, <laughs> I, I thought if, if he ever saw me and I ever saw him, that he would, we would just, we we would be together. That's what I thought. But um, no, man, I I just I loved everything about um, um, how he approached the game, um, and and how he didn't have to because you know him and Tom Brady. I mean, I I put them up there together, but him and Tom Brady are like come on, like, that's, that's, I don't even have the words for, for what they are and what they, and what they've done for um, the, the NFL, but man, listen, I, I watched Peyton Manning um, under pressure um, look like he's eating ice cream. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just another day at the office for me. And I always looked at him and was like, man, I hope that if I'm ever, whatever level I'm coaching at, if I ever find myself in a situation to where pressure arises that nobody around me knows that I'm nervous as a, mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know what I'm nervous as, but I, I'm nervous. And, um, and I, I just always thought, man, this guy, nothing rattles him. Nothing shakes him. He just, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like, yes. And I'm like, man, I want to, I, I want that. And I just started watching the Broncos. Oklahoma didn't have a team. And unfortunately, I wasn't just going to go up the road and jump on the cowboy bandwagon. Hey, that, my my hey, brother's hey, Amen. Thank you. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Thank you. Uh, but, but, um, but I just, I fell in love with, with the way Peyton Manning approaches, uh, approaches the game. Same way with my boys, um, uh, Grandma Ma. You listed, right? yep. You listed Larry Johnson. He's another Texan from Dallas Skyline, the UNLV superstar. Yep. So I'm actually rocking the, uh, the, the teal 
Hornets uh, throwback are. here. So in you your are. honor. Yes. Um, uh, Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson was, um, again, same way, the way he approached the game. He was such a beast. And I've always felt like he was undersized as well. Sure. And so whenever I was, um, you know, that was around the time that I was kind of becoming a basketball player and was like, oh, I want to be a basketball player. And he was kind of popular. And I saw the commercials. Who's this dude in this dress? Like this grandma yeah. dress. And I started watching the Charlotte Hornets. I'm like, oh, this dude can hoop. And he likes yes. to bang inside and yeah. was an amazing rebounder and, you know, could score and and was not the, the, the dominant player on the team, but the dominant player on the team, right? Yeah. That he would dominate the game. I want to be like that. I want to be like Larry Johnson. Yep. And same thing with Tim Duncan. Uh, we go back to Mr. Fundamental. Yep. Mr. Fundamental. I don't yep. care what, what the game looks like now. Now the game is all played outside the three-point line. But, man, when you had Tim Duncan and um, David Robinson out there, but Tim Duncan, man, you, you just you knew you were going to get a good, clean, fundamental basketball game, effective uh, basketball game. And I always thought, um, you know, I wanted to pattern my game. You know, I wanted to be like like Larry Johnson and be a physical and, and banger underneath the basket and, and get rebounds and kind of have a little uh, 12 foot jump shot or whatever. Mm -hmm. But man, if I could just do the little things like Tim Duncan, man, put those two together. I don't even know what you got, but you got a powerhouse. And you also, you listed Don Staley. This is not the first time that Don Staley has been listed. I think coach Westbrooks uh, in one of the early episodes listed Don Staley. So just, so many people inspired by what Don Staley is doing in South Carolina. You called her a game changer. So can you just speak to that a little bit? What What is it about Coach Staley? That man, Don so Staley is for the culture, man. Like she, she is a, there's a lot of coaches that are pioneers in this game. Um, Vivian Stringer, um, obviously uh, Pat Summit and Jody Conrad, um, Marsha Sharp. Um, those mm -hmm. coaches are coaches that when I was growing up, um, you know, you you looked up to, you wanted to go to Tech to play for Marsha Sharp or Texas to play with um, um, uh, Jody Conrad or whatever. Um, of course, Tennessee was every little girl's dream to play with Pat Summit. Um, but man, when Don Staley um, uh, took over at um, uh, South Carolina, um, she always talks about how big that job was for her and how when she got there, it was like, okay, well, what, what do they... What, what do they expect from me here? And not realizing, realizing, but not realizing again, how quickly she was going to be able to turn that program around and get it to the level of South Carolina was already South Carolina, but not the Don Staley era of South Carolina. Um, and, and, and she does it the right way. Um, I love the fact that she does it the right way. She's ethical about what she does. She's upfront and honest. Um, she's a voice for, um, um, you know, for African-American coaches that want to uh, excel in the game, but not just African-American. She's a voice for female coaches that just want to be great. Right. Um, and, you know, her being the uh, the amazing basketball player that she was and carrying that, a lot of people that were great basketball players don't mean you can be a great coach. And she understands the game. She teaches the game. Um, she coaches the game. And she's another one, too, that when you watch her on the sideline, man, she don't get rattled. Mm -hmm. I mean, she'll, you'll hear her in the huddle sometime and win or lose. You know, I watched that game this year when they played um, Mizzou, when they lost to um, uh, Missouri this year. And she, I think she could kind of feel the pressure when it got to those last couple of minutes. And she knew that her, her team had kind of run out of gas, but man, she kept her composure on the sideline. And um, I, I just, I just appreciate everything that she's done and that she's doing for 
the game of basketball. I actually have my um, women's basketball versus everybody uh, shirt on this weekend, hoodie on this weekend. But man, she's she's an advocate for coaches, an advocate for kids um, and an advocate for people. Um, And so I just I I, I love her. I, I think she's she's real. Yeah, she's real. And and that right there just sums her up. She's real. Shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just gaining so much respect from all different corners. I mean, she, she's elevating above, above, you know, to these highest levels of coaching. And I, I just, yep. I love it. I love bringing attention to the WNBA. Like yep. I, we don't have the comments anymore, but I still follow and I'm still a fan. Yep. And I, I just love it. You know, not, yep. not that she's in the WNBA, but her platform, I think still elevates the pro game yep. for women. Yep. So. And she's, she's, and she's a player's coach. Like yeah. the relationship that she has with Asia Wilson, um, and how Asia is all, yeah. I mean, like all, all of those, um, Destiny Henderson, um, uh, Boston Aaliyah, like all those kids, like w- when they get on and every kid gets on and they talk about their coach, but the way that they light up and yeah. talk about Don Staley and what she's done for them just as a person, like when you can, when you get to college, like it can get rough. I mean, those, sure. those coaches will get you on their campus and it ain't what they promised, right? You don't get I've never heard a coach or a player that has played for Don Staley that says when they left, she wasn't who she said she was going to be when she sat in their living room. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what it's all about. I remember being that same coach when I was coaching college, sitting in those kids' um, living rooms. And all I could think of when we when I got them on the campus, I got to keep my promise. I got to keep my promise. Oh, my gosh, they are not holding up their end of the bargain but I got to keep my promise. And I think that's Don Staley. She, she, she made a promise to those kids and their parents and she's taking care of them. But then what she's doing as the voice, um, as how, how powerful her voice is um, right now, just fighting for justice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been on the forefront of this whole Brittany Griner thing. Yeah. Uh, um, every day she tweets, you know, the number of days that uh, Brittany has been, um, you know, wrongfully detained in Russia and um but i mean she she just she's it she is that it factor she just has it amen to that now it's time for our favorite part of the show the start cuts so i'm gonna let you get ready for that while we thank our sponsor i'll I'll give you i'm gonna buy you a couple minutes here coach you can start getting ready uh, our, our start bench cuts brought to our, brought to us by our good friends at MVP marketing group, a turnkey marketing solution for schools. You can contact my good friend, Mike Vogler. He's the CEO. He's a former, he's a good friend of mine, former coworker. The website and contact info will be in the show notes. Reach out to Mike, give him a call, see if those services are a fit for you. And he can go into much more detail and answer all your questions and tell him that coach Kobo sent you. And he said, he's ready to, to work in a little discount there for his marketing services. So uh, thank you to all the team players that use uh, MVP uh, marketing group. Now, here we go. It's time for the start bench cuts. I've bought you enough time, coach. I tap danced a little bit for you. I want to start with the comments, big three. I want to start with that as a Houstonian. Okay. I know you're biased with your okay. good friend, Cheryl Swoops, but I'm, I'm doing start bench cut, Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, <laughs> Tina Thompson. Start oh. bench cut, Cheryl Swoops, <laughs> Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson. What are you going to do, coach? All right. Ooh, I'm going to start. I got to. I can't do it. It's not even in my blood. I got to start Cheryl. Okay, yeah. I have to. Um, um, I, I, I just think she she's the total package to the game. Um, on my bench, um, I got Coop. I got Coop okay. on the bench. Um, whoo, Tina. Tina's got to go. I love you, Tina. I love you, Tina. Um, 
and I got my red lipstick on right now. And <laughs> yes, yes. But man, if 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 that's my three, I'm starting Cheryl. I'm benching Coop, and I'm I'm cutting Tina. Sorry, Tina. Let's do one more now. Zooming out a little bit onto the bigger landscape, and I, I don't know how we want to go with this, but I, I wanted to okay. do Dawn Staley. We talked Ooh. about her already. Dawn Staley, Cheryl Swoops, Tamika Catchings. Well, I just think is another goat. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe do we want to pull Cheryl out of it and put Diana Tarazi in there? I mean, do you or or do you want to keep Cheryl? How how do you want to take approach Cheryl this? out? Take Cheryl out. Let's take Cheryl out. Okay, okay. so let, let's go. Let's go. That let's go. Don Staley, uh, Tamika Catchings, and now a current player, Diana Tarazi. Oh my God! Start bench cut, coach. Oh my God! Start bench cut. Oh, I am starting. Gosh, I'm starting DT. Okay. I'm starting DT. I'm. I, I got to. Ooh, I got you. Tell right me now. why. Just I. I know we've had a long episode, but I've enjoyed every single second of it. But Diana like, Diana I mean, Tarasi. What is it? Diana yeah. Tarasi is the total package. Right. Diana Tarasi um, can shoot the three. She can get to the rack. She's going to make the right pass. She can get in the post, even though she's not a post player, and make a post move. Um, she's going she's gonna to D up. Um, yeah. And she's a dog. Yes. I mean, she's a dog. She is a competitor. Um, she's going to talk trash. I mean, she's going to be in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to make sure you know that, that, that she's there. Like you're going to feel her every, every moment of the game. And if you get the best of Tarasi, one time it just takes once because her mindset after that is I'm shutting you down. Yeah. Love so it. I'm gonna go, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with her. Now with the other ones, I don't think this this next one is hard. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You got <laughs> you got Don Staley and Tamika Catches. I know they're kind of we're doing different positions, so but I'm just talking like you know, what, what's is. your gut instinct? Oh. Who do you want out there? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 definitely oh my god, that's it's tough. It's tough, and I love I love um, catchings, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I I need I need Dawn. Sure. I need her. I need her. Um, um, because she's gonna make sure everybody is involved, and Don Staley is going to be the vocal leader on the floor. Like she's gonna make sure that yep. everybody else is doing their job. Yep. And when they're not, she's gonna hold them accountable. Love it. And so she's the the teammate that you want on your team. That when Diana Taurasi has found herself going tit for tat with whoever, yeah. Don is gonna be the one DT. I need I need you to I come back. It. I come love back it. I love it. Um, so so I'm gonna have her and man, I don't wanna let you go catch. I don't wanna let you go, but this, if that's all I got, I gotta let Tamika catchings go. I put you in a no-win situation, Coach. I apologize. I do this every no week. I know I'm evil, and I just do this just to just to see my no guests harm. But, <laughs> but, oh, man, what an episode, Coach. This has been great. If you've enjoyed this as much as I have, please, again, take the moment. Give us that five-star review real quick. What that does, that helps more people find this show so yes. more people can hear these great stories. And I'm tweeting this thing out to everybody I know. Absolutely. No, please, please be proud of your accomplishment. Hit the follow button to subscribe and hear new episodes as soon as they come out each week. And follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kobo for all the latest team player podcast updates. If you're about this team player life and you're digging the show, we want to hear about it. Hit us up at teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com. And we lift up our own inside Team Player Nation. 
several guests have been people that were recommended to me. You may recommend when we get off the air, you may say, Hey, coach Kobo, I need you to reach out to this person, but that's how we do it. Right. We're building this community of like-minded people and we're celebrating each other just like we did tonight. As always, the cover art and music for the Team Player Podcast is provided by two of my former players that I love so much and I'm so proud of. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr. And our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self-titled debut album. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. Coach, this has been a great episode. Man, Thank you so good. much for joining me. And this I'm is late. Honored. It's late in the evening. I want people to know, like, you're giving up your personal time because you're yeah. working all day at the school. So just thank you so much again. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. This was a blessing. All right. Thank you so much to all the team players out there for your support. And we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough.